You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. On today's episode, we are joined by Lindsay Manick, a Montessori preschool teacher currently based in Brooklyn. Lindsay grew up in Maryland near Washington, D.C., where she played ice hockey as a child in addition to her interest in all things AG, especially Kit. Today, Lindsay can be found hosting bachelorette viewing parties for her friends, molding young minds, and as of recently, reliving her hockey dreams on a Brooklyn intramural team. Lindsay's AG background includes Kit and a girl of today, the perfect entry points for a self-proclaimed Gemini double Sagittarius. But let's hear it from her. Lindsay, welcome to AGW. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited to have you on the pod, Lindsay. So for our listeners, just to provide a little context, Lindsay is one of my very good friends and like other Lindsay just mentioned, (laughs) I feel like I have to pronounce your names differently. Other Lindsay just mentioned, um, Lindsay is a frequent hoster of bachelor nights at her apartment for our friend group, but we kind of got to know each other a few years ago. I think the first time we met was at one of our mutual friends' loft apartments for a birthday party. Can't get more Bushwick than that. So we met several years ago and yeah, have enjoyed our friendship ever since. And Lindsay is also a fellow Marina in the Diamond Stan, which maybe I should have added to her bio, but... (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into things, Laura and Lindsay, had you two discussed American Girl before? Or was it only recently with the intro of AGW? I don't think we talked about it before, but... I don't think so. Yeah, I think that we only talked about it like once, you know, like we started the podcast, Lindsay, and then I like mentioned like to our group, like, oh, did anybody have a doll? And Lindsay was like, 100%. So it was a new thing for us to have in common. I love that so many of us have this like secret past almost about American Girl, like, oh, you had one too? And then everyone just kind of gets into it together. Yeah, there's so many different ways to engage with it too. Like I've loved listening to your other episodes because everybody has a different relationship with their dolls and how they use them. Mine is, I feel like, very different. (laughs) Right. Well, we can't wait to hear about it. And kind of also to that point, I feel like if you were into AG, you were into it. Like there was no like real, like casual middle ground. Like these memories are sticking with you. Like it had its hooks in you one way or another. Truly. Yeah. It's, it's just an extreme. You either stand AG or you don't even know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. All right, Lindsay, before we get into your story, can you please tell us what you were like growing up? I was a very strong-willed child growing up, very active. I played sports. I played ice hockey, but I also 
tried a lot of different things. My parents really believed in me trying everything. So I was like a ballet dancer for a little bit. Uh, They started me off figure skating and I was like, I don't want this. I want to play hockey. (laughs) I took painting classes. I did all sorts of things. I was a very active kid. I had a really big imagination and I had so many different toys and things that I played with. That's so cool. How did you get into ice hockey? Like you were a figure skater and then kind of fell into hockey or how did that happen? It's kind of twofold. So my dad is from Michigan. So that's just, you know, a given. And then (laughs) my stepmom, when my dad remarried her, she's also a Montessori educator and she really believes in, you know, young children engaging in stuff like roller skating or ice skating at a young age to just help their gross motor skills and their balance for life. So we, me and my brother both got started in ice skating lessons and then kind of decided our paths from there. Um, yeah. And then I, I started ice skating and decided I want to play hockey. Very cool. Yeah. And Lindsay's a real star on the ice. I have had the unique pleasure of seeing her play in her intramural hockey league I feel like the bare minimum of um, being good at hockey is being able to skate and just actually watching Lindsay skate more than competently. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I could never do that. (laughs) I took figure skating lessons in college as a gym credit and I grew up skating like on ponds or the occasional ice rink. However, I am five, nine, and I feel like the distance between my eye level and the ice is quite a bit farther than it was when I was a child. And I had the fear of falling every single day. It took me a long time in this, in this gym class to get over that. But once you like feel a little bit more confident, it's such a cool feeling. Like I wish it was something I was good at. I was not. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, I could never, but I have so much respect for people that can. And I'm the right size for figure skating, probably in terms of height, but it's prepared. <laughs> Someone can just throw you and you can spin and land. There is a girl on TikTok who is learning how to figure skate and she documents her progress and she's doing her thing and she's learning and she's getting better. And I think that's really cool. Ice skating is really hard when you're an adult that's why starting kids really young is better because I could not do it now like the the connection with me not fearing falling that is just something batshit that is now programmed into me I truly don't it's not good like I injure myself constantly but (laughs) it's like yeah I, I have all my pads on so if I couldn't be figure skater that would be too much for me I think that my natural born talent is gossiping and my mom started me at an extremely young age and now I'm programmed to not be worried about getting caught gossiping (laughs) 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 and both I think both Lindsay's can uh, attest to the fact that I'm a pretty uh, adequate shit talker. So <laughs> I love to bring some tea. <laughs> oh my God. That's hilarious. I literally can't think of anything else that would be my natural point talent. <laughs> I'm I feel thinking like- of Laura as a toddler 
whispering to the other toddlers being like oh my god like did you see her diapers on wrong today (laughs) (laughs) truly that that sounds like me (laughs) my talent is thinking that I have talent and then going really hard at something I had this urge yesterday of doing so much research into like decorative cake baking and I Amazon primed all the accoutrement to my house. I now have one of those rotating cake stands. I have that little scraper tool. I have icing knives. I have cake stands. And then I have some spring form heart-shaped cake molds and bought so many icing sprinkles. And I tried to make the cake and I watched so many TikTok videos Like I specifically looked up heart-shaped cake hacks, how to frost it. And what I made is so terribly ugly. Oh my God. It's really hard to bake in debt. There's so much chemistry (laughs) involved that you don't, and physics (laughs) that you don't realize. Truly, truly. Also, Lindsay, you have so many craft things that you are good at, like your daisy chain bracelets. Mm, Yeah, I do make a good daisy bracelet. Yeah. But that might be the one thing I'm talented at, and that doesn't take that much talent. But frosting a cake is a little bit harder than I thought it would be. But I'm going to attempt uh, cake number two after this podcast recording. So fingers crossed. Good luck. Anyway, shall we get into AG? <laughs> yes, let's do it. So, Lindsay, what's your earliest memory of American Girl, and how old were you when you first, you know, got introduced to this cultural phenomenon? So, I don't have one exact earliest memory. I can give you kind of a range, like definitely between six and eight. I started, I think, probably towards younger. But it was when my dad, so my dad got remarried to my stepmom in 2001. And she introduced me to American Girl Dolls just because her like nieces had um, been interested in them. And I got my first one, probably, I want to say six or seven. And it was, and I looked it up, the Just Like You, number four. It was the only doll that looked remotely like me it was the only Asian doll that was out and was the only one for a long time uh so that was my very first I got her I think I just got her by herself first how did you feel like looking through the catalog and also feel free to not answer this if you don't want to but looking through the American Girl catalog and like seeing limited options of dolls that you felt like represented you. Say, so is that something that you were like aware of or was it more of just like, did you feel like compelled to pick a doll that looked like you? Whatever your thoughts were on that. Yeah, I don't think I really thought about the fact that it was the only Asian doll. The thing that actually bothered me was the fact that you know, there were many different types of brunette dolls, let's say, who were white, and they all had different kinds of hair. But the only doll I could choose had straight across bangs. And as a little Asian kid growing up, and now, you know, I'm turning six, seven, I want to move away from the the straight across Asian kid bangs, because I had had those for a really long time. So I think at first, I was most like, mad that I couldn't change the hairstyle and then contextually looking back at it as an adult I'm like oh and that was the only 
one that looked remotely close. Right. It's, I feel like it, it goes back to like, almost like being like, oh, well, like, look at, we have like these options and it's like, yeah, but you really only have one option. Like in a sea of, like you said, different like levels of brunette hairstyle with like right. di- different hair partings and like different hairstyles and lengths, like for them to only have one hairstyle option and like one face mold for like an Asian American choice is like looking back on it, like so ridiculous and I think it's the same for any of the dolls that were meant to represent like multiracial or just any non-white person it's like well okay like we'll give you one option but like it's really probably only like a it's probably a stretch for most girls to be able to see themselves even in that one option that's supposed to be representative Right. And that kind of seems almost more alienating. It kind of is like a glaringly obvious, like this doesn't connect with me. Like, and that's the choice that they're giving me. Yeah. I'm thinking too about how children's toys back then, it, the, it was really limited. I was really obsessed with the movie Mulan and I had all the merch and stuff from that. And it's a great movie. It's my favorite movie. It's got, you know, I think the best music, but it was my only choice to see somebody that looked, you know, like me. And so you don't really think about, I didn't really think about that until later, how much I, I, you know, I had Barbies that were blonde, but I, you know, I really remember getting, you know, the Mulan Kung Fu Barbie who had her like gi and thinking that was really cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. you just reminded me that I had Mulan's horse as a toy when I was a kid that like, I think it was like all black and it kind of had like a very short like head mane that was almost like a mohawk. And I remember for some reason that I had just Mulan's horse as as a toy growing (laughs) up. And I don't think that like anything else accompanied the horse except for like maybe like a little saddle or something, but that was very much of that time period, I feel like. And as for your Just Like You dolls, you got your Just Like You. Did you have a name for her that you assigned? I did. I named her Caitlin. I have no idea why I chose <laughs> this name. I had one friend who was named Caitlin, and I guess I liked her. But it was, looking back, it's such a random choice. I, and I knew so definitively. I remember that. I was like, that's Caitlin. Laura and I were just talking about this recently where you can so certainly name a doll after one person. Like Laura had a friend, Victoria, that she named her doll after. Lindsay, it's funny that you said Caitlin because I also had a doll, which might've been my bitty baby that I named Caitlin as well after my cousin, Caitlin. And that was a name that just stuck out to me. Like I was obsessed with it. I think it's important for us to set the record straight, Lindsay, how were we spelling Caitlin? We were spelling it C-A-I-T-L-Y-N, exactly how my friend spelled it before, <laughs> you know, a certain Jenner ruined it, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my God. Well, I think that that is the superior spelling. I mean, okay. If Caitlin Alm is listening to this, no, it's not. But <laughs> But we have a friend, Caitlin, that spells it with a K. Love you, Caitlin. 
I wonder if like like baby name trends during the time that I was doing that it was like Caitlin like (laughs) number one name (laughs) that's an amazing story though Lindsay because we haven't really had anybody except for a small handful of people that have been able to remember the names that they gave their bitty babies or their American Girl todays so I'm glad that you remembered yours because I think it's very like telling of like a certain time and place (laughs) like right what was like the popular name at the time but you also had another American Girl doll is that correct okay so I'm thinking back on it now and I don't think I actually had Kit I think my friend had Kit (laughs) and I begged and begged my parents and I got her book and I got her outfit but I don't think I ever had her. I had a lot of friends who had like the full, like I would go to their houses and they had everything, but I did not actually have Kit. I remember that now. <laughs> Lindsay, this is a common phenomenon. I think looking at the catalog so intensely, seeing the dolls in person, you just kind of like blend all of your memories together and strongly feel like you own something. Like there are so many things in that AG catalog where I am convinced I had it, but also probably did not. Going back over to Caitlin, how are you playing with her? Did your friends interact with their dolls and yours or what, what were you doing with her? I feel like my relationship with Caitlin was, was very intense and very personal. I feel like I worked through a lot of stuff with her. She was my friend and companion. I would, I would be her mom sometimes. I'd be her friend sometimes. Sometimes I thought maybe she's secretly alive. So I would, you know, tuck her into bed and leave food out for her. And then like, remember the place that I put her when I went to bed and then come back, this sounds insane, come back in the morning and be like, those crumbs moved. She ate it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's we so went through funny. some stuff together. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. That's amazing. I think that that's, you know, a nice cross section of different ways to play with your doll, because I agree with you. Like sometimes they were my children. Sometimes like they were my sisters. Like it's, it's really like, there's no limit to the ways that you can interact with them. Definitely. Can you take us through like the outfits that you had for her? I know you just said that you had Kit's outfit, but what else did you have for Caitlin? Yes. I don't remember the outfit she came in, but some notable outfits I had were the Samantha white Victorian nightgown. I don't know why I got this. I think my stepmom must have bought it for me because she wanted, she loves to get me pajamas. So she got uh, my doll that nightgown and then there was the girl size one. So then I had this Victorian nightgown that I would wear to bed. Wow. Oh my oh god. Oh my god. That Lindsay. is iconic. I know. Seriously, you have no idea what you've done to us with that comment cuz like <laughs> when Lindsay and I have gone through the catalog in the past like we've always said that like some of the nightgowns are like even more so than like some of the historical like daytime outfits are top choices because they just look so like I don't know like just like 
Victorian era, like aspirational escapism, peak, peak Downton Abbey fantasy. Like, I love it. Really? Wow. Secret princess bedwear for sure. Yes, exactly. Like secret garden vibes. Exactly. Oh my God. Were you both obsessed with those movies? Like a little princess and secret garden? Yes, I was. I didn't watch them. They were good, but both of them are traumatizing. They both deal with like very hard (laughs) topics for young kids. Yeah, truly. I was so into both of them growing up and I rewatched them at the start of the pandemic. I think I actually purchased them. I was going through a stage like early pandemic days of nonstop comfort movies, like watching anything that I could get my hands on that took me back to a place where COVID-19 did not exist. Those movies were iconic, but so traumatizing. Like, like they deal with some really hard topics, a lot of terrible family issues from several different points, fires, they just war. start dark war. Yeah. 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 Well, I feel like that's what they have in common with like, that's why they're like sort of adjacent to AG is like those books deal with like a lot of right. hard topics. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's like Samantha um might be rich, but uh both her parents are dead. So there's that. <laughs> like right. not everybody <laughs> can have everything, even Samantha. <laughs> right. Um can I ask Lindsay, because you mentioned like you didn't have Kit, but you were definitely drawn to her so much so that you maybe felt like you had her. Was there something specific that drew you to Kit's storyline or her aesthetic or her vibe overall? I feel like there was just something about her when she came on the scene. It was a big fucking deal. Like she was, it it felt like she was like the, because she had this cropped hair and I was like, okay, this hairstyle. She had that little crochet beanie. Her, her color scheme was really speaking to me, the kind of lime mm-hmm. with the lavender accent. And I guess I read her book and I really enjoyed that too. I don't know. I learned a lot about the Great Depression, but something, yeah, I think it, it was just the novelty of it because right around when I was getting into it is when they did her big launch mm-hmm. and the, her aesthetics for sure. Yeah, I feel like there was something about her that a lot of people are saying that they're drawn to. And, you know, I think it was Shannon, one of our past guests, um, mentioned that she kind of gives off a little bit of a not straight vibe. Ooh. Well, speaking of dolls that give off a not straight vibe, my other character doll, I don't know if she was a girl of the year doll, but I was... And of course, because we share a name, everyone was like, oh, look, there's a doll named Lindsay. I liked her so much. I didn't have her, but I got her outfit. I remember she had a really cool hoodie and like a little shirt that said like love on it. Um, And she had a little like wiener dog, I think. Yes, she did. did. And actually, Lindsay, you're thinking of her shirt that had words on it. It actually just said dogs. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, I, dogs. and I know that because I'm looking at the catalog spread of of her outfits right now <laughs> and um her shirt literally just says dogs and the o in dogs is a heart but yeah Lindsay had (laughs) a lot of cool vibes she had sort of like a pretend razor scooter which was definitely a moment when we were at this age and she has a little wiener dog who kind of reminds me of Jerry so yeah I totally see why you were drawn to her even if she spelled her name with an e (laughs) 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 but in terms of like Lindsay kind of touched on this a little bit with like how you were playing with your dolls and you mentioned like that you had different outfits for different dolls that you were putting on your girl of today like is that something that you sort of like incorporated into the play like when your doll was wearing like a historical outfit was she transported sort of into a historical time and place or were you keeping things in modern times? I was very non-traditional when it came to outfitting my doll. I had Another large doll that was, I think, a Madame Alexander doll. She was oh, like yes. 21 inches tall. She had um, some clothes too, and she and Caitlin would share. But I just had a bunch of random clothes, and I would just put together whatever. Fo- like sometimes it'd be like an evening gown and with socks or. It just depended on the occasion. I didn't have a whole closet. There was no organization. I'm still not like this today. So <laughs> it really depends. But she probably spent the most time in her in her nightgown. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Wait, it so much. <laughs> the nightgown was truly beautiful. Going back to the Madame Alexander doll, how did her and Caitlin interact with each other? Did you treat them differently? Like, did you have preference over one or the other? They were best friends. They had a very tender relationship, maybe, you know, a little sapphic now that I think about it, which is, you know, very telling. But (laughs) the Madame Alexander doll came with this, like, I don't know, like this very gone with the wind-esque prairie blue big dress. And I never had her in that, really. She would be wearing Caitlin's nightgown or I'd be like creating outfits out of socks. And she had this really long mane of curly black hair, but the piece wasn't attached well to her head and it came off. And instead of being like, hey, you know, dad, can you super glue this back? I was like, this is so, guys. I was like, she's going through chemotherapy and she needs the support of her friend. Oh my God. And I never put the hair back on. She was always bald. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know what? I can appreciate that you did that because you were like, I'm creating a real storyline for this doll. Seriously. Take her to appointments. Like what, what was going on in my, my child mind? Oh my God. Caitlin sounds like a good friend. So Lindsay, tell us a bit about your experience with the AG catalog. I didn't start getting it until I got my first doll and it just became a thing. Like it was must have mail when it came in and you knew because it wasn't in the other stack of like people or whatever, because it had a very distinct size and you couldn't wait to crack that baby open and see what was going on. I remember the most 
just how they staged the dolls in different scenes. I thought that was very interesting because it really allowed you to like see how you could play with them and also like, you know, wanting all the stuff like the little hair dryer. But yeah, it was a huge deal when that <laughs> when that came. Right. What what scenes were you most drawn to? Like, was there any like particular vignette with like the historic girls? Like, do you remember any like outstanding pages that really drew you in? I actually was, this is another doll that I didn't have, but I consumed a lot of her content and I was always in awe of her clothing. I was really into Kaya. I had all of her books and I thought that her shit was dope. Like her, her elaborate dresses she had one that had like actual bells like little metal cones on them yeah uh, so the way that they would stage her with like her tp and like it was really cool and I loved her book Kaya was the one doll she was one of the last dolls I got I was probably like 10 or 9 when I got her so I was like kind of nearing the end of my time and I wish that I had I'm like I wish I had more time with her um (laughs) I wish that she had come out earlier because she's honestly was one of my favorite dolls because first of all she was stunning second of all her hair was gorgeous and I had gotten her when I was like just old enough to like take care of the doll well some of my earlier dolls were a little worse for the wear at that point but I remember how beautiful I only had her like meat outfit like the first outfit that she comes in but I remember how like well made and beautiful her clothes seemed like that like buckskin dress that she comes in as the original was like really really like good quality and then like I had her teepee which like my dad went through a serious trauma trying to put it together because (laughs) it was not easy and I did in fact find some of the components to the teepee upstairs in my parents attic when I was looking for my dolls and it came with like a little fire that you could like turn on and off that would go in the middle but everything in her collection was really really cool and so different from like any of the other dolls which was like nice because you know all of them had like these dresses and like this Christmas outfit and this like school outfit but Kaya's was like truly unlike any of the others she had like dried meats and fishes and berries I thought that was the coolest thing yeah and she had like a companion dog that was like you know, like her partner in crime, but like, not like a pet. That dog was like her partner. Like basically, if I remember from like the books correctly. And she also, I think had a horse, which was kind of cool. She had like a lot of animals in her stories, I feel like. But if that was, if I think if I could find any doll, because I haven't been able to find any of them except for the Biddy twins, who I could honestly care less about finding, I would want to find like Kaya or Samantha. Mm-hmm. So everybody keep your fingers crossed for me. But I'm so glad you mentioned her because I feel like she kind of like came in at a time where a lot of people on our that we've had on haven't either like were too old at that point or just like weren't interested in that specific doll. And I feel like she she needs we need to show her more love for sure yeah and I think the like literary content like her books I she was the only one I read several of the books that they came out for her like not just the initial one so I really I don't I mean I can't you know to go back and look at it with the critical maybe more informed eye not sure what that content looks like but 
I really enjoyed the narrative that they had around her. Absolutely. And besides like, you know, Kaya's collection that you were drawn to in the catalog, was there any like piece of clothing maybe in Girl of Today or anything that like demonstrated any kind of activity, you know, how they had like the little hobby outfits for like different sports and whatever that you could do for your Girl of Today? Like, were there any of those that you like coveted or furniture that you coveted that you never had? One thing is, this is so funny because when you asked it, one thing popped up and it's not something that I have consciously thought about, but Kirsten's this is not like a specific outfit, but Kirsten's yeah. headdress that had the candles on it. Is, was it Kirsten? Uh, yes. Yep, that's Kirsten. Her Saint I just wanted Lucia it. Day. It's classic. It's so, I think that's one of the most iconic accessories or anything from American Girl. Like people know Kirsten's wreath adorned with candles. Yeah. Yeah. That one's definitely like iconic in the most traditional sense of the word. And I know you also brought up in your survey, the little miniature scenes that they had for a very brief time in the American Girl catalog. So I'd love to talk about those. Like when you were looking at those as a kid and coveting them, like what did you envision like having those would be like? Because I remember like seeing them and wanting them too, but now I don't know how I would have played with them. Right. And actually, could you give us a little bit more context on them? I had never even heard of these until a couple of years ago when Laura and I started going through the catalog. Could you give us a little background for us elder AG uh, <laughs> obsessies that might not have seen them when they came out, just what they were? Uh, sure. <laughs> They're basically just like miniature furniture scenes that are themed. These aren't doll sized, right? Like the larger dolls wouldn't fit in them, but also like the minis wouldn't either. Is that? It was doll, it was doll house size, like, but not like anything AG, like a classic doll house miniature kind of vibe. But they had one that was also like an outdoor one. And it was a collab with Briar Ponies. Oh, yes. (laughs) I had a bunch of those. Wow. Just, I don't know. I think there was something so cool and alluring about that. It felt a little more grown up and maybe that was appealing about it, but yeah, they really stuck out to me. Yeah. I feel like you touched on something when you said it kind of made you feel grown up. Cause I feel like at different points of American girls lifetime, they've sort of come out with like spinoff assortments of product that almost are meant to like transition or hold on to the girl audience for like as long as they possibly can and I feel like those miniature rooms were kind of like an attempt at that because they weren't like saying oh you had to play with like a doll in them but and they were almost like apartment style like I remember one of them sort of having like a city window background and I feel like they were sort of trying to appeal to like that like oh like this is like your little apartment like that you created which I think definitely appeals to girls older than who would be the typical American girl doll audience that makes a lot of sense because the Pleasant Company or Mattel like they're 
focus is of course on dolls. And it's interesting that they came out with this range that did not include dolls. And that seems like it was pretty purposeful to not even have any character offerings that would fit inside. So it seems like that was a conscious decision to still have something that kind of acts as like a transitionary product. And maybe it's more geared toward that preteen or teen tween demo that still wants a creative outlet, but not necessarily uh, ready to take any, I don't know, the next step in like teenager uh, activities, but maybe is into like interior design or like something like that where they could still get them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like interior design is a really good point. I feel like they were trying to make you feel like you were an interior designer of a little tiny room. I was just looking to see if maybe there was like a Reddit on people who had these or something, because I would love to hear (laughs) more to hear how people were playing with them. But I definitely remember seeing those and being like, huh. And then when I looked at them again as an adult, I was like, okay, but what goes in here because at first I was like oh the mini American girl dolls and then I was like no you don't put like a Samantha in, in this like early right. <laughs> early aughts bedroom with like a round bed <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but yeah I'm so glad you brought those up Lindsay because when I saw those in the catalog that Lindsay got me for my birthday I was like is this a fever dream like I didn't think that these really <laughs> existed <laughs> Where is Caitlin today? Is she still with us? Oh, Caitlin today. She, well, first of all, she, she looks, she's gone a physical transformation under when I had her. So she started off, you know, with the long black hair and the bangs and eventually she got some tattoos. Her nails (laughs) got painted. I gave her a very slick, Bob, and so that's what she looks like physically. She's in pretty good condition, but like not great. But <laughs> I, I will admit that she's in the box in the basement that my parents keep compartmentalizing more and more of my stuff until they're like, "Please take this." I'm like, <laughs> they're like, "Can we throw this away?" And I was like, "No, she's. I know she's in there. You can't throw her away." But I also <laughs> don't have somewhere to put her now. So, oh my god, just resting with my baby blanket. <laughs> yeah amazing that's fair it's so fun and tempting to give them a haircut do you remember how old you were when that happened like was this like when you were actively engaging with her or was this kind of when you were phasing out of playing with her and thinking it would be a good idea to give her a little little cut yeah it was definitely toward the later part of my playing with because I just started yeah it wasn't as like I mean, she was still precious to me, but I was like, yeah, let's see what happens. I know it's not going (laughs) to go back, but, you know, it started with just a little trim, obviously, and then it became Mm -hmm. a very modern bob. (laughs) It was also good skills because at least I was not practicing on myself. (laughs) Right? Uh, Why is cutting hair so fun? Like growing up, all I wanted to do was cut hair. Agreed. Whether it was mine or a doll's. Yeah, I cut my own hair as a kid more than once. And I cut my, um, my final doll, my Kaylee doll, I cut her hair. And it was also towards the end of me being interested in American Girl. And I think that the reason why 
I did it was like similarly to you, Lindsay, I like knew that I wouldn't grow back, but I almost just was like, well, I am old enough to know that like the risk that I'm taking and I've assessed the risk and I've decided that it's (laughs) worth it. (laughs) Yeah. They have the salon at the store and I always thought that was really cool too. Maybe that's why I cut her hair because I never was able to go. (laughs) Actually, Lindsay Manick, you could now give Caitlin any hair you want because they you have the ability to like rewig dolls these days so if you wanted to buy a specific like hairstyle wig for an American girl doll you could probably pick like literally whatever you want and put that on her yeah I actually did a little bit of reconnaissance earlier today just to pop into the American girl store just to see if any memories were shaken loose they now have dolls that have like blue and pink hair mm-hmm. and that is really awesome to me. Um, I, yeah, the gay representation we need in AG. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a bit more about your experience today. What did you see that was completely new to you other than the hair or uh, maybe dolls that piqued your interest while you were there? So many emotions. The first thing that I encountered when I came in I guess maybe it was the street entrance that I came in but I don't know if you guys have heard but 2022 girl of the year stop Asian hate we got we got one y'all yes (laughs) yes I'm I'm so glad that you that you brought that up because we haven't gotten a chance to talk about Corinne yet but yeah Corinne is the girl of the year and she's also a skiing icon they had these huge displays, you know, she, I didn't really read much about her because I was so just like starstruck by the amount of stuff they had with her, but her aesthetic is so cool. She's a winter Mm -hmm. sports queen, just like me. She, they even have a little sister to go with her, but it's just so, so interesting to me too, because, you know, they're so forward with this beautiful new doll and she's amazing and I'm so glad that you know little girls have her to choose now but I went back and they have the wall of all of the girl of the years past and I took a picture of that and I was like yeah it's been I think there are a couple mixed ones or like a Pacific Islander one but just disproportionately pretty white but yeah, at least we got one. I mean, if six-year-old little Lindsay had walked in and that store, it would have definitely liked Corinne. Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing that's really cool and unique about Corinne too is that she has some color in her hair, but not like the entire thing, but she has like a really cool like turquoise blue ombre a la like Kylie Jenner in her King Kylie era (laughs) Um, but I think that they also like in addition to like obviously having a little bit more representation like gave her a really cool like aesthetic like you mentioned like really cool hair I love that they gave her a little sister yeah I think that she's a really good entry point and you're right like the girls of the year previously have been very vanilla in more ways than one. One thing that I discovered that like made me mad, but also like, so like joy in my heart, they have a ice hockey player set now. Yes. Um, 
with like it was a collab with like the U.S. women's Olympic team, which oh wow, uh, one of my former teammates played on that team. So yeah, it was wow. very cool. I'll send you the picture. If that I like, they would have. My parents would never have heard the end of it. Like I would have gotten that. Yeah, right. Oh, that's so cool. That is cool. They had so many really cool sports like little scenes when we went there to like a whole gymnastics one that was really cool and I love how they like fully set them up as if they're like literally like little like dioramas (laughs) definitely all right Lindsay we like to end the question portion of our podcast with the same question to each guest what lasting impression did American Girl leave on you That's a good question. I think when I think of American Girl, I think of how exciting it was to get the catalogs. It was kind of, you know, obviously pre-Instagram era. So it was like getting this huge amount of content and just the way it was formatted too. It was very, it was less catalog and more editorial to me because they had all those themes. Right. So I think of that, but I think I just had such a I was going through a lot as a kid and I had a very intense relationship with Caitlin I she really helped me through a lot of hard times so I just think about my relationship with her and how much that meant to me for so long even now that like you know my Laura my stepmom will call me and she's she'll refer to her she'll be like oh yeah Caitlin's downstairs like you still want her like she was like a member of our family it was so I think about that and I think about how important it was that at least you know they had one doll that did look like me and how big of a difference I think that made definitely in present day you are a Montessori teacher And that's a schooling that you had as a child as well, correct? Mm -hmm. What was the relationship with Montessori and dolls? Was that highly encouraged or what was that like? So the Montessori method is more concerned in the younger stages of self-construction through, this is like going to use some big words here but um, through doing practical activities. So like care of the self activities, the kids, the age group that I work with three to six, you know, really fostering their independence and their confidence. But in the time that I was playing with the dolls, which is the age of six, between six and 12, that age group is really when you're becoming your relationship of yourself is being compared to the outside world, you know? So, the imaginative play there is not something like obviously we did at school, but imagination was really abstract thinking was really encouraged. So I think I always just really went with that. I was always, you know, drawing out different scenes in my head, constantly acting things out with my friends. And like there was, we had these big woods uh, at the school and we would play out scenarios there. So yeah, I feel like the imagination in that aspect was was really encouraged. Yeah, I feel like 
any toy that you play with like at that specific age is obviously going to like you're going to use your imagination but I feel like the American Girl style of playing specifically it helped ignite imagination by sort of like getting you started with maybe something you wouldn't normally like play with in that way like you know I'm probably wasn't necessarily going to like start some creative play around a young girl living in New Mexico in the 1820s but like because I had (laughs) Josefina like it sort of made me think about that more so I if anything I feel like American Girl was like teaching but also like thought starters it's like oh yeah like and I can build off of this story like they gave you just enough to get started but then like really allowed you to run with it by having you know all the customizations you could do and you know putting historical dolls in modern clothes or vice versa like they there's really no right or wrong way to do it in so many different ways that you could be playing with them that there's like no limit to the creativity you could have well shall we do the games yeah let's get into it all right so we are gonna switch up our little games for this week and we're gonna jump into a little quiz right now Lindsay, to figure out which american girl are you So I'm going to read some questions to you and we'll see who matches your personality, but let's start off with who do you think you are? I mean, I know what my heart wants me to be and it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as the different personalities, I don't know. I really like, I feel like they were all pretty defiant and challenged authority. So I... I, that's a hard one to think about. And I feel like I don't remember as much about their backstories. Maybe I could be a Kaya. All right, let's start it off then. The title of your life story would be Fight for Justice, Rebel with a Hair Ribbon, Never Give Up, or All Together Now. Maybe the first one, Fight for Justice. Fight for Justice. All right, which necklace would you choose? Pearls, one made of recycled glass beads, a souvenir from a family trip, or a heart charm on a chain? Uh, The heart charm. Choose your preferred footwear. Flats with bows, sneakers, party shoes, fancy boots. Sneakers. Choose a breakfast. Fruit and granola, cinnamon raisin oatmeal, bagel and cream cheese, breakfast burrito. Breakfast burrito. What foreign place would you most like to visit? China, Scotland, Canada, or Jamaica? I've been wanting to go to Scotland. Choose a quote to live by. Waste not, want not. Friends are worth more than money. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Or seize the day. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. What is your dream job? A teacher? Head of a charity, (laughs) newspaper reporter, landscape architect. Oh, landscape architect. (laughs) All right. And if you could be a wild animal, which would you be? A raccoon, kangaroo, dolphin, zebra. Dolphin. Describe the way you like to dress. Pretty and practical, cute and casual, glitzy and glam, classic and tailored. Cute and casual. For sure. All right. I think this is our last question. What's your favorite type of restaurant? A gourmet bistro, 
any place that serves organic food, I'd rather eat at home, a seafood restaurant. I'm going to say seafood restaurant because I like seafood. (laughs) Perfect. All right. You are ambitious, enterprising, complex, nurturing, thoughtful, clever, curious, loyal, strong, sweet, heroic, endearing. You're like Rebecca. Ooh, I don't know her, but I like all those adjectives. Right? (laughs) I think I got Rebecca too when I took this quiz, but Lindsay, for context, Rebecca is a historical doll that I think falls between Samantha and Kit time. Okay. Like 1914 time. She was a New York City gal who had dreams of being an actress. She was really, she was a fun character. I started reading her book recently, but I have not finished it yet. But from what I read, I like, and she is a good AG to be. Your strongest traits are spunky, undaunted, and thoughtful. And I think this all checks out with the childhood stories you told us. You seem very empathetic. Being an ice hockey player, I would definitely say falls under the undaunted, spunky vibes. I feel honored to be Rebecca. So, Lindsay, we asked you about your favorite celebrities when we sent you our survey ahead of the podcast, and you said that Lady Gaga was one of your favorite celebrities. So, I would love to know which doll you think that Stephanie Germanata, Lady Gaga, would have. That is an interesting one, because I feel like... Now that I learn more about Rebecca, she is a New York girl. Mm. So I think she would lean towards, or is there like, is there an Italian one? She's <laughs> just that... an Italian girl from New York. Is there an Italian doll that's been singing jazz since she was a baby? Because... <laughs> no, she went to NYU. Um, but I don't know. It's hard. I think she would maybe make her own or... yeah. There can be a hundred dolls in the room. Yeah. And 99. (laughs) No, I think maybe Rebecca because she's from New York. But yeah. I think that's a great answer. I think that actually like a lot of the things we just talked about with Rebecca really line up with Gaga. I mean, like the wanting to be an actress. I think, you know, Rebecca as a doll gives me like funny girl vibes because again, she's an iconic part of Jewish representation in the American girl canon. And I know that. Yes. And I feel like also Gaga has like this, when I think of funny girl, I think of Barbara Streisand. When I think of Barbara Streisand, I feel like her and Gaga have a certain connection because of a star is born. And by the transitive property, I feel like Gaga (laughs) and Rebecca have a connection as well. And now we can connect Gaga and Lindsay through Rebecca. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfect. Well, this has been so much fun, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today on AGW. Please let everyone know where they could find you. Yes, you can find me uh, on Instagram at at Manic Monday, M-A-N-A-C-K Monday. Well, thank you, Lindsay, so much for being on. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much for having me. This is so great. 
Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.